I am functioning at like 60% today. <laughs> yeah, today, uh, today feels kind of rough. Just heads up, everyone. <laughs> mm -mm. So, I don't know if you already said it, but today we are discussing um, houselessness and being a part of the unhoused community, the best ways to support uh, concepts of how the systems treat the unhoused, um, resources. Maybe at some point we'll dabble in what would happen if our world was just better. <laughs> yeah. Depending on things, so. I don't know maybe. if this is grammar. Discussing people who are experiencing homelessness who, wow, resources and systems at play. You know what, that works. <laughs> okay. okay. Tina's gonna start us off. Yes, and just, and I think even just these first few minutes, we've used interchangeable and different vocabulary about people who experience homelessness. So that's one terminology of people who experience homelessness, and then people who are homeless, people who are unhoused, um, houseless people. I definitely know the reason and just shifting the language is to humanize the people who are experiencing this. Yeah. It's shifting from the narrative of people who are bums or hobos. And I just thought of something too, is like we had a lot of spirit weeks and spirit days at school and people would dress up as homeless people. And I, I might've done that before. I don't know if you remember that. No. Oh, I totally do. What? So it, because it's, it's easy to put on um, what people would think homeless people look like. And it's sweatpants, a flannel and a cardboard sign. I definitely remember this or like Halloween. I have no memory of doing it. I must have just blocked it out. <laughs> like. Yeah, and like I definitely see it in Halloween. Um, and so destigmatizing that and also just humanizing people going through this, I feel like is the goal. So. <laughs> Zachary remembers them, so you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. There, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's also been kind of interesting how it's like, I think that there has been a push a while back to move away from, you know, bums or hobos. In my mind, like that's so 50s language almost, which sounds- I think we still- like, No, we absolutely do still love that, but it's like in my mind, I'm like, well, that's just so out of date. So like the most common term that I hear now is calling people homeless. And I feel like that was maybe not consciously, like a way that we try to humanize them by being like, look, they don't have homes. Mm. But it's also kind of like, they just don't have houses. I don't know if they have a home. Like, yeah. And I'm not going to assume that they don't have a home just because they don't have the traditional house. Mm hmm. You know, home is where the a car is. It's a car. A car. It's a it's, car. It's a tent on the side of the road, and that's, that's a home. That's very true. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Like we're, not only are we pushing ourselves to stop saying bums or hobos, which I think is smart, but I think also being aware of just like what the term homeless can do, it can kind of demean a person. Mm -hmm. And then also I think by calling someone homeless rather than saying that person doesn't have a home or that person doesn't have a house are two very different things because suddenly you're identifying them. As, yeah, like that's all they are. That's all yeah. they are is just someone without a house. Which is kind of something that we've talked about just in general, like in the past, I think like on our mental health terminology where it was mm -hmm. like, oh, that person's schizophrenic. Like, no, yeah. they're a person who has schizophrenia. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that's all they are. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. And then also just pointing out, we're definitely going to point out some major things first and then kind of get down to some nitty gritty stuff. Um, but pointing out that there are people of color who are disproportionately experiencing homelessness mm-hmm. um, or on the verge of being unhoused due to rent, income, the wage gap, um, people with criminal records that are unable to rent because of property managers. Um, I know that because that was my job. <laughs> and then that goes into the criminalization of people who are unhoused. So that's the fining of people who leave their carts on the street. And and I've walked past this and there's a green sign that says like city of Sacramento, you owe this much and here's your charge. Move before we charge you this or something. Like sometimes they get um, a heads up of saying that you need to move by X date and then we won't charge you or it's just a straight up fine. Mm-hmm. And so if they can't pay those fines, they're in debt to the police department, imprisonment. Like it's, that sounds really dramatic, but well, there's the really track just, that they're on, there's no room yeah. to not be criminalized. You know, there's just really not like, there are some, there are some groups or like um, organizations that do really want to work to aid a person who may be experiencing houselessness and wants to have a different and like wants to move away from that. There are those groups. I think it bothers me so much that those aren't government-based groups. Like mm. in my mind, I'm just like, I think it is so cool that we have those organizations, but like, why is it the way that we function as a country, the way that like literally the laws are set don't aid that person does that make sense like it's like right because it's i mean like like, it's like again we take care of us so like people will take care of each other and at the same time you have these larger systems at play which are police um city officials policymakers, educators people who are in higher positions of power that are against you and they they don't care they just really don't care and while it's cool that there's these organizations that step in like i mean one of the shelters i'm gonna like recommend as a resource is a christian shelter so a lot of them are actually like religious and stuff like that and while it's cool that they step in i it begs the question of like why why is like no one in the government doing anything about this in the first place like it's such a vague term to say that no one in the government is doing it but the fact that like we have this track set up is because of the way that we set up our policies Mm -hmm. with people and instead of like the government being like hey these are like our citizens that are oh yeah oh yeah there's not there instead they're just on a track to go to prison or to like continue to have to like live this way maybe if they don't want it and it bothers me (laughs) i would say you brought up like religious organizations i've seen some that i would say i mean it's obviously great any sort of help for people which is great but some may have a preliminary task that you have to attend a sermon before you get any sort of help you have to participate in the service before we give you housing and so things like that are i would still say are inaccessible because people who it's almost like do people that are unhoused do they not have religious beliefs what if they do and they don't want to subscribe to yours so those sort of things i don't like the trade-off of like i'm gonna help you if you join the church or at least just attend no absolutely that's i think that is like a huge problem and it's like i mean so this one that i'm recommending 
what I do like about them is that they don't have that requirement at all. Mm-hmm. Like they might have someone come over and be like, oh, can I pray with you? But that's like pretty yeah, much, yeah. you don't need to do anything like that. Um, which I think is nice, but there are definitely some who are like taking advantage of these people's situations to now be their like, um, savior. Now, like, yeah, like to like save their souls. And it's like, that's not what this is. You're just supposed to be giving them lunch. Like, <laughs> That's that's, yeah, yeah. That's like, true. I mean, I also think about how like there's some that turn away people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community, like mm-hmm. because they're trans or because they're non-binary, and because these organizations are private rather than being like a public option, mm-hmm. they have the right to turn them away. Which is private, that's a good point yeah. because then there's nobody defending them, and that's what makes you know, like members of the LGBTQ plus community so much more vulnerable on the streets. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 We and already moved off our bullet points. I know. There was We've really already so left bullet it. Points. I know. I'm looking at it. And there are some things um, that I wanted to bring up, and that is the term sweeps. And so highlighting that sweeps happen more frequently than we would like um i'm sure more frequently than people who are unhoused would like and what sweeping is and i did want to quote this is uh, aclu washington says a homeless sweep or cleanup is the forced disbanding of homeless encampments on public property and the removal of both homeless individuals and their property from that area i have i have seen it i have a ton of videos in the sacramento community that you watch cops perform the sweeps um, another thing is that SAC PD will, they hire a, a sweeping, a cleaning company, and they perform the sweeps for them. And so there are so many different ways that people who are already unhoused will lose their belongings. And the yeah. thing is, people who are enforcing the sweeps don't see them as belongings. They don't see them as personal items, like a shopping cart. They don't even what see that is, that the people is their, as people. Right. And so then the items that they used to survive i mean it could they will sweep anything they will take everything yeah it's like when i i mean like i remember seeing this video and i remember seeing this video and it was like this like PETA group i think was who it was which like i don't know if that's the them specifically but it was like a it was like a dog shelter basically like found a man who like didn't have a house and he was like living on the street and he had a dog and they took him away. They took the no. dog. And it's like, no. because they were like, you don't give this dog like a good life. I, so I have a lot of And that dog just can try to of, like, back to the guy. Okay, I don't like where this is turning. Now I'm really sad. I'm sorry, did you think that this was going to be a happy episode? No, I just didn't think this is way off bullet point. This is way off bullet point. It's like, in my mind, though, it's a part of the sweeps where it's like, they don't see it that is. these are, possess- like, these are things that people need to sustain themselves. And- Again, back to like groups, there are organizations that may seem that they are for people, but they're really against them. And so people who take, because of their idea of what a good home for an animal is. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, and it's like, I, the thing is too is like, you know, in my mind, like also we talk so much about like emotional support animals for like people like me, like I'm going like, I'm already in the works of getting an emotional support animal right now. And that is totally allowed. But I can't imagine what would be happening if, like, I was living on the street and I had a dog. Like, of course, someone would try to take it because they're just like, oh, this isn't like, you know, this isn't good enough for you. What what if that's the only thing that's keeping this, like, what if that dog is the only thing that's keeping this person mentally stable? 
Mm -hmm. like because they need that support because they're not getting it from the rest of the freaking world (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's actually really upset them um yep okay so sweeps (laughs) (laughs) oh i wanted to bring up some news this was in uh the end of 2019 beginning 2020 moms for housing uh was really big in the bay area northern california yeah Uh, what had happened and what continues to happen um in this specific situation is that there were black families with young children occupying an empty home and so the home as a structure and they occupied it created a a safe space for themselves because nobody was there and the company who owned the home company (laughs) what they do is they flip properties and they resell them and this is in oakland and that really just stirred everyone up because the argument oh hold on. this i don't know <laughs> i don't know i mean i'll look after oh my god now there's a dog <laughs> um moms for housing so their <laughs> argument is this is a chaotic episode. This isn't a really chaotic. Continue. Well, I'm enjoying. The it. argument is that housing is a human right, mm-hmm. and so because they can claim that, they went to court with um, the company, which was Wedgwood, um, and they're still an organization. So you can see MomsForHousing.org, and I'm going to add that too because I think it's really holistic in the way that they talk yeah. about, you know, people of color, homelessness. Um, corporations that are against them Mm. and I feel like all of those systems at play really do really should be highlighted absolutely Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad that they're doing work like that I mean it's been really interesting to watch Portland as a city interact with um, like so I mean for those of you who don't know Portland uh, has was like leading and how many nights in a row they were having Black Lives Matter protests. Like it was like, it got up to like a hundred nights. Yeah. During that time, it was really fascinating because suddenly like uh, people who like lived in tents or lived in those, or lived like in the houseless camps, they weren't getting sweeps. And so like, they were like kind of like settling in and things like that. And then once the protests finally slowed down, cops like were like, oh, there's something else we can focus on now. And they went and they did a sweep, which I was kind of, which was super upsetting because in all honesty, like, I don't know anybody that's bothered by like, tents. I don't know. No, no one that's bothered as police. <laughs> like no one's as sensitive as police. Okay, I just, we're gonna just defer that. We just get a deformity. I do think that we should go into like, the different ways that we can support people who are unhoused right now and go ahead and take it away because we've got a few things okay well so i think the first thing that we need to talk about um when it comes to supporting unhoused people is you need to wipe away this narrative that all people who are unhoused are beggars or like made the choices to be there that is a huge stereotype that i think we all have that i was taught like just in school and stuff like that and it's something that we need to actively work against because i mean there's kids on the street that got kicked out by their parents for coming out Mm -hmm. or there's 
people who fell into drugs and are now drug addicts and they don't have the resources or the ability to change right now, you know, to like really work. And that's another thing to destigmatize is like not only is a person not housed, it's also they use drugs. And those two identities and like behaviors suddenly other man. Right. And then the other big thing that, which I just love the hypocrisy of it all. We have so many unhoused veterans who are experiencing PTSD because of what they dealt with while they were in the military. And I hate, I hate how we somehow go, everybody should join the military. We love our troops, yada, 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 to the second they come home, just dropping them off. And all they have is the VA and the VA is a fucked up mess. And nobody can ever get a hold of anybody apparently in the VA. And then suddenly these people are like unhoused and now everybody's like, Oh, they're just beggars. Bitch, they have PTSD. They probably have depression. These people are like dealing with like things that you could never fucking imagine seeing. And they are a veteran that you quote unquote loved a couple minutes ago. So what the fuck happened here? So we have that. And I just feel like... Oh, I have a ton of things to say about the military, but we're not going to go into that either. Because you want to see us red face, sweating and screaming at the screen. It's a good movie, so that. So, um, anyway, so like the thing is, is we you need to be able to. I mean, I need to. Everybody needs to be able to sit down and recognize what their bias is. At the same time, well, I'll get into this next part later. So, when you specifically like, so specifically supporting unhoused people, um, one of the greatest tips I can think of is um, know who you're donating to know that the organize know if the organization's okay know if they like if you specifically have it like what like some passion and you're just like i specifically want to donate to women who have faced abuse and like escaped from their abuser there are organizations that specifically focus on that and they like have specific lists that they want um mm-hmm. of things that they need and or want for the people that they're sheltering same with same with food donation places they generally have a list of things they need recognize figuring out when the hell your food expires because giving shelters post expire like food after the expiration date that's not it you're giving them trash they can't give that to people like i digress so (laughs) um the other thing that i think is really good that actually tina and i wound up talking about for a really long time was making sure to tend to the seasons when you donate a lot of people Mm. we see it all the time summer ends and you're like well i don't need to like have these things anymore i'm just gonna give them away giving them away is really good it's so good you always like if you have the ability to give away before throwing away do it but recognizing that maybe a person who is in need of a coat isn't going to get as much from that coat versus your shorts that you just gave to the shelter Mm. can lead to someone's survival and some shelters do put caps on like we're not accepting summer items right now yeah we don't need them or you know we don't need specific items so they'll ask um i mean it is like you said just tending to the season tending to the community that you're serving and um part of it that me and mary kind of contrasted is that mary lives in portland which is has more intense winters and Sacramento has more intense summers. And so it's very different with how we can tend to our community. 
Yeah, which we actually are going to put a list of links um, after this with all of the different resources that we have found um, that maybe like if you need to, you can pass on to someone or just post somewhere or do whatever your heart desires with that information. And um, yeah, so something that I've been doing actively when I try to like, so if, how do I phrase this? If you want to give to someone, but you don't have the money to give, something that I started doing was I started packing lunches for people. Um, it's super helpful. You can just put granola bars, a mask. Masks are huge right now. Sweaters or um, bottles of water. So much water. Water is so literally water. a necessity for life. Of course. Yes, absolutely. Um, if you don't, if like just grabbing things that, lay, that are laying around the house that you know you're not going to use and you know someone else could benefit from using them, that's all like, if you have this desire to give and just can't when it comes to money that can also be a really good step for you to go in because mm -hmm. also like people who money is just money is just tight in general and so seeing money be given out like you separating yourself from money and giving it to someone can be more damaging to you than giving away a water bottle even though a water bottle did cost something does that make sense yeah like kind of like a little mind trick of like you are still serving your neighbors even though it's not direct cash if you can definitely um because they can do a lot with cash and instead pack those granola bars keep them in keep them in your car somewhere hand sanitizer put a little case mask. of water yeah put that in your trunk yeah i feel like all of us have like one or two extra masks these days too yeah. like if you have an extra mask and you see someone eating it like go to the dollar tree yeah honestly they have some quality items i go there all the time 99 cent store and me. just packing up when you can especially if you live somewhere or you have access to people who are in need of certain services then it might be more convenient for you you know yeah i actually recently learned that portland has the highest like houseless amount like the highest amount of houseless people uh in our city like per capita or something like that so like ratio wise like it's mm -hmm. like we have the highest ratio of like houseless to not houseless people mm. it's wild yeah <laughs> and then i think something to go on to like the intense seasons mm -hmm. is that for sacramento i mean even i mean i guess this this is a general thing that's we just we're just talking about specific locations because we live here um but warming centers for the winter and cooling centers for the summer mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's consistent in portland i feel like sometimes it's not really consistent in sacramento of like when and where the housing or the warming and cooling centers will be um, but right now there is an active uh, warming center in downtown sacramento at the i street library in Southside park um there's a list of them for multnomah county which is where i am i gotta go find it real quick that's okay yeah, yeah. and then i think another thing that you can keep in your car and just like it might seem small to you but things like plastic bags mm -hmm. uh, maybe trash bags that way people can carry their belongings old purses um backpacks old, that can be repurposed old blankets uh, blankets old blankets um, can be really helpful sweatshirts not really not old but like people like things that you're not using anymore definitely um and even if it's something that you do per season like spring cleaning is a thing 
I don't know. I always clean in the new year. Yeah. So doing like intense kind of inventory of what you own and seeing what you don't need. Oh, also fun tip. If you're picking between giving out socks or gloves, always go with socks because socks can also be used as mittens. Mm, good idea. Fun little tip. Yeah. <laughs> we'll tip it. Okay. And then, How are we doing yeah. so far? You were looking up something? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> one of the, we have multiple warming shelters, warming areas around here. One of them is... Charles Jordan COVID-19 Social Distancing Winter Shelter. It is at 9009 North Foss Avenue, Portland, Oregon. Um, you can call, their hours are actually 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. and they only serve ages 18 older. But if you mm -hmm. want more info, I will post the link to every to a website that shows where every single shelter is in Oregon based off mm -hmm. of county. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. So I'll go ahead and add that to the um, post that we're going to do later about this. Um, yeah. The final thing I really wanted to mention when it comes to think when it comes to like when it comes to kind of like how we treat the houseless um, as a society is architecture. Um, I don't know if people are familiar with this. If you have the opportunity, go Google it um, if you want to be enraged. Um, it's called anti-houseless architecture. Um, examples of it are benches that will have like the single person dividers. That means that then a houseless person can't sleep on it. If you ever are like walking and you see um, like there's spikes, like if you see spikes, that are kind of like supposed to be pretty, but they very obviously block someone from, you know, sleeping somewhere or they block them from getting access to an area where they could safely sleep. I see it a lot with like underpass freeways, mm. which I think is really interesting. And then also, so it's just like, I it's really interesting how we try to make um, systematic problems pretty. <laughs> it's really interesting how we try to yeah do like society. just cover it up a little bit and i mean it's it's like awesome. me with a fucking pimple you know like it's, just it's, it's ableist for those who are disabled and homeless it's just it's just not people friendly because some folks may are maybe housed but just want to rest because maybe they don't have a car and they walked so like just smaller things and like I think about the bus stops in Sacramento, how like the bus stop I would take is just a post that says the bus number. <laughs> so like if I had to wait an hour for the bus, I had to either sit on the street or I had to stand, which is like not a problem. It's a sidewalk. There's, at least there's a sidewalk. Um, not Actually or I'm gone. Here. So... Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's just, we'll continue. Um, but yes, uh, definitely architecture that again, I don't think, you know, people on the daily, we don't think about that all the time. Yeah. But I'm sure once once you see it, you'll know. Yeah, you'll notice it. Yeah. It'll and then just, every time you walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> and just some things of like what I think about to how can we better serve people who are unhoused is yeah. not only is there mutual aid. So like sharing those GoFundMes, sharing those Venmos um stocking PDX up those fridges. pantries yeah, yeah. Stocking up those fridges in those pantries um i would love to call on 
white folks who are financially able to invest back into the community. And I think there's a lot to go into that, um, but just kind of a call out to that. Also, public restrooms, water fountains, showers, public trash cans, like these are all things that could better serve people who are not housed. And also just people in general, because I've seen a lot of people who are very capable of being, um, being, you know, recycling and throwing away trash and yet they litter anyways. And I am very, very mad about that. <laughs> but just having those infrastructures would be so helpful. And then also quickly encouraging people to to talk to people experiencing homelessness. And of course, I want you to read the room. If you feel uncomfortable, this is anyone in general, if you feel uncomfortable and you feel like you're in danger, don't engage. Don't put yourself in that situation just to overcome your bias towards people who are unhoused and you have to like prove yourself, yeah. you know? You know, and that's that, not the case. Yeah, I will say that there is definitely like, there is a way for you to check your bias and see if it actually is your bias in that moment speaking. Because like for me, so like, I think I told Tina, I told you this story. My oh. roommate and I, we're like, we're two oh, yeah. like, rather short women. And we went to go donate to the local shelter. Um, at the time, it was only men who were lined up um, to get like, I think their meal and it was getting dark outside and only one of us had a mask. So the other person would have to walk in alone. Um, and we just kind of realized we were uncomfortable. Like, and... And there kind of came a point where we were just like, you know what, we'll just come back a different day. And there was this kind of like a struggle with her and I where we were like, is this just our bias? Like, are we being rude? And it's just kind of like, ultimately, you have to recognize like, no, I would have felt uncomfortable if that was just men in business suits, to be quite honest. Like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, and that's a, and that's a definitely a, a, when it comes to the dynamics of like men and being a young woman, that's also another thing that we could go into and that we have gone through recognizing that it's like while you may have a bias you also do have the right to still feel comfortable with what you're doing um and if you don't feel safe in that moment just because of what's going on and not just because you know someone doesn't have a house um then don't engage yeah you don't have to yeah. it's okay mm -hmm. um i wanted to shout out a few Yes. organizations people instagrams i'll include um poor magazine is based in oakland it's poor people and indigenous led organization they produce media they have a radio show they have art um and they have education resources they have classes they have a school like i could there could be a whole episode about them but i'm yeah. definitely going to just tag them and include them um there's also the sacramento house homeless union there's sacramento punks with lunch freaking love that's them. adorable um yeah and so just different groups and who are your neighbors who are your community members that yeah. are banding together to serve people who are unhoused yeah um, I guess, so my resources that I want to shout is uh, 211info.org. They um, have that list that I was talking about earlier where it's every single county's shelter um, in Oregon. So that could be extremely helpful for you. They explain what the hours are, who they're accepting, what needs, like what you need in order to get in. Like there's some that are like specifically for women or like specifically for youth. Um, 
stuff like that. And then, so they're really helpful. They have warming shelters, resources on their website for if you're looking for um, like a job. Um, and then like specifically where different shelters are. The other really great one that's been popping up in Portland to the point that I like basically see one on every street these days, which I love is PDX Bridges. Um, so there's just been this mutual aid movement that's been going on, which I think actually like Tina, you and I are probably going to wind up doing an episode about mutual aid and this yeah. will come up then. But mm-hmm. what these people are doing is people are taking extra mini fridges that they have, plugging it into like the outside outlet of their house and keeping food for people. They also will have a side pantry. And right now they're currently doing a coat run. So anybody who has new or gently used coats can put it onto a coat rack at specific um, areas if you are looking to work with this um, and be a part of the PDX Fridge kind of like giving community, you can go to their Instagram, which is oh, PDX yeah. Free Fridge or at PDX Free Fridge on Instagram. And they will show you requests, guidelines, cleaning tips, where to go, all that stuff. Perfect. Love it. We made it through. Boom. <laughs> yes. That was a mess. That was pretty good. That was a cool high five. Okay. I think we um, tried. I think we tried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add everything um, right now, and that way we can cap this off. Um, but until next time. Yeah. Bye, folks.